What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets I don't like it. Welcome to Life's Exponential Impact. My name is Ray Porton. I'm here with John Randolph. And tonight, John, what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk tonight a little bit about something a little bit different. It, it is going to tie into, obviously, the idea of this ripple effect that we like to talk about, this exponential impact. Um, tonight, we want to really talk about disagreement. How do you disagree? How do you have that argument? And not an argument in a negative way, but an argument in a positive way. How can you have two sides that disagree? And it could be two people, it could be two groups, two organizations. How do you find that middle ground to where you can actually communicate with each other and not just be angry at each other and look to prove the other side wrong, so to speak? And so tonight we want to really just kind of explore this idea of simply how to disagree see where that goes yeah i think that's something that's been really like grinding on me for a few years now you know like it's just something that i have really wanted to figure out how to how to have people do that better i think we we're in a society right now where if you and i disagree i automatically hate you and can't and can't like get along with you if it's about a serious enough topic like people don't want to agree to disagree or um see that a comp uh a topic is not black and white not it's not right or wrong all the time sometimes you can be right and wrong or sometimes it's a gray area you know and that that gray area honestly is where the world lives most of the time but i think we're just in a place right now in in society where if I say I like one thing or I support one movement or I support one thing, automatically people think I dislike something else or they dislike me because of it or they want to have an argument instead of a conversation. And so, yeah, the idea of what do we, how do you have that conversation still move forward, still make a positive impact um, and, and, and do it respectfully, even though we don't agree, we're on a different page. We don't, see eye to eye exactly and it, it, i think I, I think we're just jumping right into this i think about social media all the time obviously we all do we watch it we look at it we read and there's this idea it's almost like you don't get an opportunity to have that conversation so i'm not even sure that i think people are losing that idea of let's have a conversation let's discuss issues let's discuss multiple perspectives of an issue and for, for the first part, just see where we actually agree and work from there. Um, and so again, you see these arguments where it's, I'm going to attack you and I'm going to prove myself right by attacking you. And if I can attack you and make you look bad, then I am right. And that, that's, that's just a feeling I get every time I look at these arguments and every time and I, and you know, I engage them and I just get exhausted because it feels just always feels like there's one side that's just not listening. You know, you, you said something interesting that it just, honestly, I'm not kidding when I say it just hit me. Right. So we, a lot of times when I look at some of this stuff, when, and you said, we see it on social media, 
All right. And I honestly, I'm not a big Twitter guy. I'm more of Facebook. That's just, you know, I have a Twitter account. I couldn't tell you what my hashtag is. Um, but anyhow, it, but uh, this week, actually, I think yesterday, the day before, I was listening to another podcast with some of our friends, um, the Principal Leadership Lab, and they were interviewing Adam Welcome. And Adam was talking about social media, too. And he was using it as, as talking about how people connect and how you, you meet people and how you make those connections with people. But he was funny because he said social media is like, it's like a dating app for getting to know people. But if you think about it in the same perspective when it comes to arguments, okay? So follow me here. You've got, you got Facebook. I look at an argument. I either agree or disagree. I swipe light, right or I swipe left. I like or I dislike. I comment that I like it. I comment that I dislike it. And I move on. It's super quick. It's never that opportunity to actually engage and have a conversation. It's never that opportunity to call someone and say, hey, I saw you posted this. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm, I'm curious or I, I want to understand your side. It's just that quick reaction and move on. Exactly. That's, it's, it's like you can't, the art of sitting in a room face to face with somebody and having that conversation and exploring different ideas is just, I, I don't know if it's being lost. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, I mean, I'm, it's an overgeneralized idea that it's being lost. But again, if you're, if you're focused on social media and that is your main avenue of information and your main interaction with people, you, you lose some of those conversation skills you lose some of that, those argumentation skills and it's all and you almost hide well you're kind of hiding behind obviously the keyboard i'll say and you don't have time it's like you don't have time to argue you don't have time to lay out certain points so you look for these little bullet points that have come down to again these attacks on the other side so I, I, I'm not even sure how to argue with you. So I'm just going to attack you and make myself look good. It's like I've been posting quite a bit on, um, well, not quite a bit, but I, I try to throw like, it's just fallacy, like fallacy and argument. And every single argument you see, there is, it's, there's, there's a problem with it, the logic of the argument. And I've even tried to go down that road with some people um, trying to explain, okay, this is your argument, but look how it just, it doesn't make sense. Look at the logic flow of it. The first one ad hominem, I think, <laughs> off the top of my head, is simply attacking the other side. And that's usually the start of every argument. And it's just, I start getting a little deep into it and try to think, okay, what's the, no, I don't want to say the cause of it. I'm, what, where is this coming from? Where is this idea that I have to attack you and I have to be right and I can't be wrong, and I don't want to listen to your side come from. And, and it's, it's obviously ego, because I don't know that we know how to be wrong. Like how, so when I think about arguments, when I think about disagreements, you have to go into these thinking, I might be wrong. I am not the expert in basically anything. I might have more knowledge. I might have more information, but that doesn't make me the expert. So like for me, just personally, when I go into an argument, I want to go into it thinking that obviously I'm not the expert, but that I'm going to learn something. It's like, I want to go into an argument. I want to have a discussion with somebody, but the goal is to learn something from them. And I don't feel that happens very much. You know, and again, it's, it's the view might be skewed because it's on social media, but even like now going and talking to certain people face to face, that 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 idea of how we're arguing on social media it's like it's transferring now into real life and it's 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 hard to have that conversation with somebody even face to face when they're just there's nowhere to go with anything no you you know what i you said it as and i was thinking it when you said it like what's happening on social media is transferring into real life mm -hmm. instead of the other way around instead of us taking real life and going okay would i say this to somebody's face would I, ha would I make these comments? Would I say this? Would I post this? Would I, whatever. If I had to stand in front of a person and, and defend it and talk about it, probably not. But since it's social media, I'm willing to do it. And unfortunately, instead of people saying, okay, what I would rather do in real life, what I do as a real person, doing that on social media, 
it doesn't happen it, work, it works in reverse on social media you're trying to have that like drop the mic last comment like boom yes. i win i don't have to say another word about it i can move on to the next topic i think that's what people so often do they read something and they go oh, i need to shut this down right now or i need to make my state my point and make it in a way that is so bold and strong that nobody can argue with it you know um and it doesn't reverse it, it unfortunately like you're saying we don't have the conversation anymore um you had said something though about like not everybody's the expert and you got to hear and listen. And I think even now in real life with people, um, I think people, when they have a disagreement too often, they're listening to the other person looking for their response instead of listening to understand, um, which is so different. Like when you listen to someone to understand it makes such a difference in the conversation and you can actually have more of a positive impact or a changing impact on that person's perception. If you actually give them the respect of understanding their side, then you can by just attacking. Cause as soon as you attack, they go, their defenses go up and they start attacking back. And now the conversation isn't a conversation. It's an argument. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's just, just this back and forth of, well, you suck. No, you suck. Well, you suck. And then you're back on the playground as a you know, seven-year-old just arguing back and forth without even knowing what you're arguing about anymore. Um, oh, there was something I was going to say about that. Um, just I, it, conditioning. That's the word that came up in my head. If we are on social media or we are on social media so much, are we being conditioned to have that conversation or have that argument in the way we do that on social media? I mean, because it's so, obviously it's so prevalent. Every, I don't say everybody's on social media, but there's, it's, it's such a big part of our lives now. Are we now becoming conditioned that that is the way you argue and that's the way you do things? Like you, you go into an argument and Here's my side. I already know your side. I already disagree with you. I'm not going to listen to you. So I'm going to attack you. Yeah. I mean, so multiple points there. One, do we, we've lost the art of debate. I mean, when you debate, it's not just two people arguing with their points. You have to actually rebut the other person's point. So that means you have to hear the other person's point. You have to research the other person's point. You have to know what the other person's going to say before you come back. Because guess what? you have to have the research done or you're going to get smoked, you know, in the debate. So I think one is, you know, we've lost that, 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 uh, that art, it's an art, it's an art, how to have a disagreement. Yes. But then the other side of it is we keep going back to social media. So, and the conditioning that we've gotten from social media, and I think that's completely legit. So my question is how do we address that? Do we get off social media or do we change how we are on social media? Like, and, and what, you know, you see all the time. How many times have you seen one of your friends on Facebook or something go, I'm taking a break from social media. <laughs> I, I am not going to be on social media anymore, which by the way, that always kills me that I'm going to put out there the fact that I'm not going to do this anymore. Like who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I love all you, but guess what? If you don't go on Facebook, I'm not really going to be like, Oh, where did so-and-so go? I, and I mean, it just, I don't have time, you know? And it really, if I want to talk to you, I'm going to call you. I'm going to text you. I'm not going to go on Facebook anyways. So I always love it when people do that, but like you see people all the time, like, Oh, there's so much negativity on Facebook. I'm just going to get off Facebook. No, that's not the answer to it. And the answer also isn't post the fifth picture of something outside that you had. So we can have positive things. How about we learn how to talk to each other? How about we actually go on Facebook if that's where your is or Twitter or whatever social media. And how about we act with respect and we treat people with dignity and we actually hear what people have to say, you know, um, when everything in, in in the civil rights um, issues that our country is facing, when that first started occurring, I was pretty in the, in my head that I needed to have an impact. I wanted to make a world, the world a better place. And that's kind of where this podcast has come from. But it was funny because I started, I started calling people out on Facebook when I saw them saying things that I thought were wrong. And um, a guy from the men and ed group that we're a part of on Facebook 
we were having a book study and he, he first chapter one of the book study, I'm leading this book study chapter one. And I thought I'm doing all good. And I'm, I'm being, I'm being woke. I'm, I'm, I'm calling people out. I'm, I'm doing what, you know, I'm, I'm being an advocate, you know, whatever you want to say. And he is by far Basil Moran. He is by far way more woke, way more educated, way much better speaker than me. I mean, this guy is amazing. And he calls me out about <laughs> defending. And I said, and, and, and he says, no, man, you, you don't, you don't call people out. You don't call them out on Facebook. He goes, plant seeds, talk to them, talk to them. Cause as soon as you call them out, they shut down and they're not going to hear a word you say. He's like, talk to them, have those conversations and don't do it open on, on the, on the Facebook where everybody can see. He goes, message them privately, call them, text them, have the conversations with them, but do it in a way that doesn't put them on the defensive. And I mean, my world was blown. I was like, okay, that makes so much that, and that's who I want to be anyways. And, and calling people out was really uncomfortable and, and not my normal. I don't have any problem having difficult conversations, but he showed, he flat out told me like, no, if you're going to have a difficult conversation, you gotta, you, you gotta have your end in mind. You just don't want to make someone, someone feeling attacked. Isn't going to change their mind. And no, I was they're like, just, they're just going to attack right back. Too. Yeah. And that was, that was huge. I mean, so powerful. I mean, and, and I mean, wow. I had to thank him for that. I was like, thank you for showing me what I was doing wrong. Thank you for telling me how I could do this better. You know, and, you know, I, I could have argued with them. I could have, I could have been like, well, wait a minute. You're calling me out in front of nine guys right now. You're telling me what I did was wrong. And I'm, I'm bragging about it. Like I'm doing something right. Like that was, it was slightly embarrassing, you know? Um, but instead I just had to like, listen to what he was saying and take the knowledge he was dropping and say, all right, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to try and I'm going to do better. I'm going to be better. Um, yeah, you have to, that's a point where you have to actually churn around and look in a mirror. Yeah. And that's hard for people to do because, you know, I got to admit, I, you know, there's, there's part of me that loves to go on social media and just call people out. It's not everybody, but there are certain people I just like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go call you out just because I can. But then when you think about it too, when you're having that, if you're even remotely engaging somebody on on social media especially facebook um you're doing it such that you know you have an audience yeah i have an audience i need to make sure i look good in front of my audience i cannot look bad um and i can't look weak and i think if you are in that platform where you have an audience the idea of a self-reflective moment um becomes a moment of weakness and you can't show that you can't have that uh, for some people they can but i for, for me just by watching arguments by being part of them um there's a point where you cannot i can't be wrong because it's going to make me look weak and at some point it might even look maybe look uh, unintelligent or just stupid or uh, make it look like i don't know what i'm doing so i think that aspect of it too makes it very difficult to even have that, I mean, to me, we shouldn't even be having those conversations on social media, but they're gonna happen and there's nothing we can do about it. But I'll go right back to that conditioning aspect. I really feel that that conditioning of the argument within the social media platform is, is definitely transferring itself into real life. So, so let's, <laughs> let's say we're gonna take what we think should be done in real life and apply that to social media. So let's look at what should be done in real life. You know, like what should be done? Like, so I don't, I know your wife and you um, have watched a little bit of the series Cobra Kai. Yes. Okay. Yep. And, and I don't want to give spoiler alerts cause it's fairly new, but I binge watched that last weekend. Like I'm talking, well, I had to get up. I got up at four 30 in the morning to start smoking a brisket. And so I had from four 30 till nine before anybody else in my family was awake. And I wasn't really in the mood to be like, moving around doing a ton because I was up at 4.30. So I watched Cobra Kai and they're 30 minute episodes. But as we were having, getting ready for this conversation, I was thinking about the premise of that series. So for those of you who don't know, Cobra Kai, 30 years after the original Karate Kid, 
It's still Daniel LaRusso. It's still Johnny Lawrence. All right. Same character, same actors 30 years later. And if you watch the show, you're seeing what happened 30 years ago from Johnny Lawrence's perspective. Cause remember when you watch the movie, you're seeing it from Daniel LaRusso's perspective. So in the show, you get to see Johnny Lawrence's perspective. And as you're, as you're watching it, you, you almost feel bad for Johnny Lawrence and you almost now 30 years later, I was looking at Daniel LaRusso going, man, you're not listening to this guy. You are already in your head. You have that. He's wrong. Everything he does is wrong. Everything he's ever stood for is wrong. You don't want to hear anything. And, and you're almost causing more issues than you're fixing by trying to argue and win. And, and, and yet you, you, like in the, in the show, he thinks he's right. So he's not willing to back down. I mean, he's not willing to back down to his wife about it. He's not willing to back down to anybody, his daughter, anybody. And it really, I was thinking about it, knowing we were going to do this episode thinking that is like the epitome of what we're talking about. That's wrong. He never once was willing to look at the situation currently and say, did I make a mistake here? Did I, am I, am I misreading this? Did I do something wrong? Instead, he had it in his head that he was the right person. He was correct. Johnny was wrong and he was not going to lose that. And there's a couple spots in it where he starts to see Johnny for Johnny and as a real person and, and someone who isn't maybe what he thought he was. And he starts to say, like realize how much they actually could have in common and are, are similar and then something happens and he right away blames Johnny and it's all over again. Like it, it's, it, I, I mean, it, let me, let me be honest. It's not great television, but man, did I enjoy it? I binge watched two seasons and well, I, I started watching that like the other night. Well, it's been about two weeks since I started watching, but I remember was watching the first episode going, this is horrible. This is so cheesy. And then I ended up watching the first season that night. So <laughs> I, I get that part. Yeah. That isn't, I didn't even really look at that perspective. You know, when you, when I did watch it, now that I think about it, you do get that tinge of he's holding on to something and he can't be wrong. He's yeah. holding on to whether it's, it's the anger or just the idea that I am not going to acknowledge you or acknowledge anything about you and how you've changed or how your views might have changed. You're wrong. I'm right. I mean, and let's be honest, you, they, they keep, they, they throughout the show, they do flashbacks where, um, each of them is looking back at, and it's cool because then they bring back real scenes from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but those flashbacks from Daniel's perspective are like the trauma he was, he was forced to face. Like that was trauma. That was traumatic for him. You know, getting beat up, getting pushed down mm -hmm. a hill, all these different things that happened to him. That was traumatic. And so he's dealing with that. I mean, he's almost dealing with like his own form of PTSD. And, and so he's got to work through that, but at no point is he willing to even consider it. And, and honestly, there were parts in that, in that show where I was like, he's kind of a jerk. Like, he's the jerk here. Like, he, you know, like, he wants to be the good guy and he wants to keep this image of something up. But yet he's not really hearing or seeing what's going on or yeah. how Johnny perceived that situation. Yeah, the role's kind of reversed. Yeah. From the, from the, from the original. <laughs> but again, it, it, to me, it goes to what we're talking about, about that lack of ability to have a conversation, to disagree and work through it. And so in that case, I think that shows one of the, the hard parts for people to see is that even when you might like, he was definitely right going into like what happened 30 years later. Like he was traumatized as a teenager because of what Johnny and his friends did to him. Yep. But his inability to actually hear, have a conversation, listen to both sides actually put him where he was wrong in a lot of ways, you know, and he was handling things wrong because he wasn't willing to actually listen. And, and that's what we keep saying is like, we have to listen to people to actually have an impact and to, to grow and to maybe change their perspective. Exactly. It's, it automatically thinks I, I automatically am going to go to politics in my head about this. Cause just simply because like I have a, um, I want to talk to either side. We'll just say Republicans or Democrats, far right, far left, whatever. But obviously there's this, this huge divide on those two fronts. And I try to have conversations with 
um, somebody on the far right, obviously Trump supporter, that does not want, I want to have a conversation with them. I want them to understand that I might not agree with certain things that Trump does, and but just because I don't agree with certain things does not make me automatically make me for the other side. Because once I bring up anything that I disagree with, it's automatically, I'm not for Trump, I'm for the other side. Mm -hmm. and, and right away, the conversation stops because you have to be, and I guess putting, not using Trump as the example anymore, but you have to be fully on board with my side, no matter what, or you're for the other side. Yeah. And it, it, goes, works, it goes both ways too. It works right? both ways. I am, re my, my parents, I've told you, they, <laughs> they are on opposite sides of the political spectrum. And I'm not going to say who's on which side, but I will say they, they don't do very well at communicating about it. Like they often, when politics come up, they either both shut down or they, they both argue with each other. And, and I remember having the conversation with um, one of them because I was, I was trying, like we were talking about a topic and, and one of them shut down and afterwards, you know, you could tell. And I, I was having a conversation with the other one and I was like, you guys need to just have these conversations without trying to be right and just listen to each other and hear each other. Cause I honestly, I agree more with one than the other, but yet I have very good conversations with the, with the parent that I don't agree with about it because we can, we can, we can go at it from a perspective of uh, kind of planting seeds for the other one to think about. And, and there are times where I know nothing I say is going to change their mind and I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to get them to see my perspective a little bit too, but I'm more than anything, I want to hear their side. Um, so I can be educated on it. I mean, I don't care if you're talking, you know, the art of war, like one of the rules in the art of war is know your enemy, you know, and, and I'm not saying my parents are my enemy, you know, or anybody who disagrees with me politically, but if we're not on the same side, then I want to know what their perspective is so I can understand it to one evaluate if maybe I'm mistaken or two to know why I should believe what I believe. Um, th this last weekend, my, uh, we, my wife and I, we were hanging out with a couple of friends socially distanced at a campfire across the street and they politics came up and, and I knew this group of people we were with, like it was, I, I know how politics are going to go with them. And I was like, you know what? I'm done for the night. <laughs> and I decided I wasn't going to get engaged. I didn't want to, you know? And so I left and my wife came back and she said something to me that was, I give her so much respect for it because she has her views politically, but she, doesn't claim to know everything. And she flat out said to me, she goes, I don't know enough to really engage in a, in a, a hard disagreement conversation about it because I, I just don't know enough. So I want to hear both sides so I can understand it better. And, and I said, I said, that's awesome. I said, the hard part is when you're having a conversation with someone who doesn't want to hear the other side, because then it just goes nowhere. And it's just, that's when it gets, that's when the I'm talking and I'm just going to start talking louder because that makes me more right because I'm not actually hearing what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just disagreeing. I have to be right. Now I like that you keep saying the, the planting seeds. I think it's always going to come back to that when you have those types of arguments and you realize that there's no discussion, but if you can plant that seed in that person to actually start to think about that there might be another side. Uh, that is an important, I guess we can call it a solution, but you know, we gotta think about, well, how do we start having these conversations? How do we start modeling these types of conversations? And for me, I think about what, know your enemy. Uh, I, was just, I was gonna say that before you said that. And um, you have to know your enemy. You have to, and it doesn't have to be your enemy, but you have to know the other side, like you said, to understand the perspective, because once you understand the perspective, there's always going to be a, a piece that you agree on. There's always going to be a middle ground somewhere. And it's like, we need to be able to understand how to find that middle ground and then work backwards instead of working from the poles because you can never move in. You have to come to that center and then start to move away. 
uh, in having that argument. Because if you, if you don't understand a middle ground with a conversation with somebody who disagrees with you, I don't believe there can be a conversation. No, it's not. If you're not willing to listen to the other side, it's not a conversation. No, like it's, it, it, it's automatically an argument. I, I just thought of a good analogy. So the Bears suck, right? And the no. Chargers are a better team. No, come on. Right? Come on. <laughs> so we can disagree on that all day long, right? Yep. But I'm right. You're wrong. But what's the middle ground? <laughs> right like, now, the middle ground is they both need to get better to win a Super Bowl. So neither one of them are <laughs> winning right now. <laughs> Very true. But, um, you know, that middle ground is we like football, right? Yes, yes. And you work out, work from there. So we like football. I like football too. Oh, okay. Your team still sucks. But we like football. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Oh. We'll see. I'll put her down right now. The Bears have more wins than the Chargers this year. If, if you're so convinced. That's, <laughs> that's not a bet. You're going to win that one. <laughs> but, no, you're team, absolutely right. Like, we have to find what we have in common. Yeah. Um and whether it's politics, whether it's football, whether it, I mean anything, if you can't find what you have in common with someone that you don't agree with, you're right. You're never going to move forward. Yeah. And and so when we're talking, I mean, our whole premise of our our podcast is the idea of like starting those ripple effects and and making change in the world. Well, if you're not listening to people who disagree, who you disagree with, you're never going to change anything. And it's just putting walls up and you're building barriers instead of bridges, you know? And anybody watching is going to learn that technique. You're going to learn to attack. They're going to learn to put those walls up. You're, you're, you know, like when you have those conversations, yes, you go back to, how are people looking at you? How are they perceiving you? How are they learning from you? And are you modeling the right, the right way, in this case, how to write, the right way to have that disagreement or to even have a simple conversation regarding issues that you disagree on? And yeah. we got to really start thinking about that. And that, to me, it's almost like that's the starting point. In your mind, I'm going to have this conversation, but I need to imagine whether it's my, my kid, another student, somebody I don't even know, it's almost like that'd be the best way to do it. I think imagine somebody watching you and you're going to model how to do this because I think it would really affect your behavior, your behavior and your approach. Cause now I'm, I'm somebody's watching me. So I'm going to be a little bit more self-cognizant about what I'm doing. So maybe that gives you the start, you know, I'm just thinking of this now, but maybe that is a way to start with, that self-reflective piece. And it's got to be somebody that matters. Yes. Because like we, we talked yes. a little bit ago on Facebook, you've got an audience, you've got people watching, but you're looking for that drop the mic comment as opposed yes. to I'm going to model how to behave and how to interact correctly. And so that's honestly, after um, I was told, you know, you really shouldn't call people out. Like that's not going to be effective. I genuinely started looking at my interactions on Facebook and I've always been very cognizant of what I post. Even, even when I was quote unquote calling people out, my brother who lives in Japan was reading one of my posts and the, the, the chatter between me and another person, he was reading the interaction and he calls me from Japan one morning and goes, dude, you are like the most nice argumenter <laughs> I've ever seen. He goes, you like, we're calling him out without making him look bad without lowering yourself. He's like, you were just very kindly showing the world like what he thought. And, and I was like, yeah. But then after talking to like, after Basil showed me and told me about that, like it really made me think like, but was that going to affect anything? Cause just because I was winning it in a way that was right, like was nice. Doesn't mean I was going to change anybody's perspective. Now, so one of the things that, so my wife likes to follow some of the things that when I get in an argument, she loves to, she doesn't jump in. She doesn't like any of the comments, but she follows it because as soon as she sees me going astray or being 
uh, let's just say a jerk, and she'll let me know, right? And I've gotten to the point where I've been trying to, so I approach it this way. I approach it as I'm going to have this quote unquote conversation with this person who is clearly disagreeing with me and it's, I'm not going to get through. But what if somebody reading it, what if I get through to that person? Mm -hmm. So for me, I start thinking, okay, so he's not my intended target or she, uh, but somebody reading this could now be an intended target, but I want to do it in such a way that not only am I showing them a better way to argue, but I'm, I'm showing, I'm giving them knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm giving them the knowledge I have. Like I said, I'm not going to be the expert in any conversation that occurs on Facebook, but it's like it, it changed my approach and nope. actually reduced the number of times I actually engage because it's like, well, you know, am I going to get through on this one? Is this the right one to do it? Is this the one right conversation to even model this? Um, and then it goes back to it. It's even the right platform. Uh, heck with it. Yeah, off. no, but you're absolutely right. Like knowing, okay, so if it might not be the person that I'm actually engaging with, it might be a bystander. It might be, but it, here's the other thing. It might be the person you're engaging with, but not on that topic. It might be that okay. that topic that you're talking with them about by the way you're talking with them the next time you have a conversation they might be more willing to to hear an opposing view even though it might be a topic that they're just as passionate about or just something you know just uh something that they believe so strongly in but by you showing that and modeling that we, we talk about planting those seeds and starting that ripple maybe what happens is they reflect on that after the fact and they go huh you know maybe that wasn't the right way i handled that or maybe they handled that in a way that i liked you know when i ever when I, in, in general just in how i live in my life um how i interact on facebook i mean you even saw we were on a text chain tonight with um some people and someone posted something that you and i both know i was super excited about <laughs> but I was trying really hard in the text chain to still be appropriate and still be respectful neutral. and neutral, yep. uh, but be respectful. It wasn't even neutrality. Like it was just, I was trying to respect all parties okay. involved because I, I'm trying to like set an example still, you know, like, you know, I, I even if I don't agree, I want to respect people and I want to show respect to people. And so you know, I mean, it was so important to me because a lot of times when I'm having conversations, interacting on Facebook, having podcasts, whatever, I talk to my wife and, and usually that means my kids because, you know, you know, kids, you can yell at them a hundred times to go pick up their socks and they can't hear you. But when you start talking about something that is not related to them or pretend, <laughs> they want <laughs> to hear everything. And so, nosy little. yeah, uh. so, you know, like I know that my boys are hearing my conversation with my wife. And, and or friends or whatever and i want to make sure that i'm setting the example for them of we, we can be right and still not win the conversation and that's okay yeah. as long as you're showing respect exactly. you can be wrong and and not win the conversation and that's okay as long as you're being respectful you know yeah, i think that's the key maybe it's the art of being wrong sometimes i mean maybe that's a Sounds like a good title for a book, The Art of Being Wrong. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked, though, I think we talked about it last episode or the, the first episode about my oldest one with the day he, he looked at me and he was really struggling with being wrong and making a mistake. And I said, everybody makes mistakes. He's yeah. like, you don't, because we always, with our kids, especially, we want them to see us as like bigger, better and, and right and and everything and it really showed me like no i need to show him sometimes how to be wrong i need to show him sometimes how to make a mistake and that it's okay and that you get up from it you know and it's the same thing in a conversation like if my wife and i disagree about something i want to model with my to my boys how to have that disagreement respectfully how to have that conversation where you can get to i mean that's face the other side of it like i know my wife I love her to death. If I tell her she's wrong, guess what? I'm not winning that conversation no matter what I say. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. You know? and, 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 and so, like, if I, even if I want to have a positive result, 
I need to hear what she's saying. I need to hear what the other person's saying and I need to really embrace it. Or, or, I mean, we deal with kids all the time. How many times do you hear a kid come in from getting in trouble? And if you don't hear their side of it, they don't hear a word you say, but as soon as you let them have their side same, like given, they're willing to listen to any advice, any yes. consequence, any, they just want to be heard. And I think people want that in general. Like they want that respect of you gave me the time to say my side. Now I'm going to listen to your side. Without having to attack the other person. Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah, hard in some topics. I mean, it's hard sometimes because sometimes I know people think, well, morally there is no, there is no, uh, there's, it's not right or wrong. There's either moral or not moral. And I'm not going to take the side of not moral. And people want to hide behind morals. Like I love when you have people who want to have like religious, like they want to use religion as their argument and they're doing it in a disrespectful way. Like really like. <laughs> yeah, and that, that is even though I think that's a harder conversation to have when you bring a belief system into a conversation. Because if I'm, I'm going to approach a conversation with a belief system that I believe is superior and is right, I'm not, I'm going into that conversation, not even listening to the other side because I am right. And you need to, your belief system needs to be my belief system. Yeah. That, that, that's a huge, I'll say issue with any time you're going to get into any type of like just a morality. Uh, because once you bring in religion or belief or faith, you've, I'll say it. You've been pre-programmed to know that your belief or faith is the right one. And you're not going to listen to that other perspective. Well, we talked about schema mm -hmm. or schema and, and, and how people like, if that's their normal and that's what they believe is right or the way things are, you can't just go at them saying gangs are bad. You should not be in gangs. They're going to get you killed or in jail. Like they know that's a, a reality. But guess what? That's their reality and that's where they live and that's what they know. So for you to just come at them and tell them they're wrong, it's you know, gonna they're going to, they're going to stop listening. So you have to, you have to let them be heard. Let them know that you respect their reality. You respect what they're coming from. You understand that it's a necessity in some ways for them, but try to again plant those seeds of there's other options there's something else you can do if you choose to or want to there's another option uh, i like that you said the respect part i was just going to bring that in you have to you have to show respect for the other side you have to and uh, my mind is still on the religion piece i have to show you need to show respect for somebody else's beliefs number one so that you can understand them and it shows the other person that i'm not going to come at you and attack you and say that you're wrong because again we all have these belief systems but if we approach another belief system saying that you're wrong it's automatically there's you're on the defensive and then there's a divide mm -hmm. like i would rather want to understand another religion another belief system another culture before I even want to even think about my own or think about imposing my own. And that's, was that's how it, uh, world was wars it, start. Uh, was it Covey that seek to understand before seeking to, under, to be understood? Oh, I am Steve, not sure on that one. <laughs> I'm not sure who the quote is, but I know the quote, like seek to understand before seeking to be understood. And, and that's how to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I do think that's really important for people to, to still to, to try. I mean, I think that's the key to everything we're saying, whether you're live and in person, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're having a political, religious, uh, personal football conversation with your spouse, with a child, with whatever, if you're trying to understand where they're coming from, what they're living, what their reality is, what their beliefs are, what their view is, and not trying to make them understand yours, you're going to have a better chance of actually having a positive interaction and a positive impact on them, on people seeing it, on all of it. Yeah, and that's a leap. You got to take, somebody's got to take that leap. And it's a difficult one, but it is, 
one that will make you more confident, it'll make you stronger, and it'll make you, I would, I would say, more, more respected. And yeah. able to give that respect as well. And by the way, not, not that I like being right, but that was Stephen Covey. It was Boom! <laughs> from his yeah, book, I would have never got it. It's from his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I finally got one of those quotes nice. right. I'm always so bad at that. <laughs> Yeah, we're done. We're out. We're done. I, I mean, that is that is the ultimate drop the mic. It's over. We're... <laughs> but I, nice. I do think. I mean, honestly, to wrap it all up and put a bow on it, like I think it is so important to respect each other and to try so hard to just understand and know. Honestly, I think the hardest part for most people, though, it, it, I don't even know if it's a right or wrong thing. It's they look at it in a dichotomy of either one or the other, you know, you're either for this or against this. You're either for this or against this or for him or against him or, or whatever. You're either a bears fan or you have to hate everybody and you have to hate everybody else. Like there is no between and and a a good example. I mean, we we're in Chicago. Uh, I'm a Sox fan. All right. I like the Sox. Love the Sox. I love giving people a hard time about the Cubs who are Cubs fans, but in all reality, the Cubs are a Chicago team. So yep. if the Sox can't win the World Series, I want the Cubs to. If it, like I, I, and honestly, I've said this for years. My ideal World Series, Cubs, Sox, World Series, Sox win. All right? Obviously, Sox win. But like, how awesome for Chicago would that be? You know, and, and you yes. know, every time I've said that, people who can't see the positive in, in another, you know, like – the Cubs fans or the Sox fans who can't see the positive in the other team always respond, well, half the city would burn. It's like, no, that's the problem. (laughs) Like, why can't we just say, wow, how awesome that there were two teams from Chicago in the world series and, and my team won, you know I mean? How great would that be? There you go. (laughs) What other other city can say that? Yeah. I mean, that, that would be amazing, but I think that's the key is no, like there is gray, like there's gray in the world. And, and it's okay. The beauty is actually in the gray a lot of times, you know, like that's the details that make things wonderful. And I think, I think we, to make that change, to really change what we're doing as a society, as people, we have to start respecting each other, respecting both sides and seeing that beauty in the gray and hearing each other. Yes. Um, I'm going to try this analogy. I was thinking about this today. Like you said, Respecting the sides, people like to say there are always two sides to a coin. Well, actually, no, because a coin is a circle and there's an edge around that circle. And because it's a circle, there are an infinite number of sides going around that circle. Yeah. Such, a, I guess, different perspective. I yeah. got to work on that, how to deliver that one, but I was thinking <laughs> about it today. <laughs> it's like, no, I mean, there are more than two sides to a coin. There's this actually edge that goes around and it's. it's or, or, or a fate, think of like a playing card. It's like, you know, like you can hold that in a way where guess what? There's another side to look at. There's another side to it. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah, I I think, you know, there are, you know, I I know when I was a dean of students, a lot of times you'd have two kids come in and fighting, you know, and and you'd ask them their sides and, you know, (laughs) neither one of them is guilty and they're both in the fight and neither one of them started it. And I always used to tell them like, there's, there's, you know, there's three truths, right? There's your truth, there's your truth, and then there's the truth in the middle. And I think that when, when we're talking about that, it's so similar to just this conversation of, you know, you can like one thing and understand the other side. You can, uh, you know, I mean, that's how come, honestly, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, I don't usually have a real strong visceral um opinion one way or the other because i do try really hard to at least see the other side Mm -hmm. i can see why people vote for people they do i can see why people um believe in 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 different movements or different policies or why people like certain teams or whatever you know i mean you know i'm a Sox fan because my aunt was in college and roommates with jim fergosi's wife and they were roommates. So I, when Jim Vergosi was managing the White Sox, I was in like fifth grade. I was like forming my, my view of baseball. And guess what? I got to go to as many Sox games as I wanted. I got to sit in the dugout when I wanted after games. I mean, like, how would I not grow up being a Sox fan? You know, exactly. um, 
Exactly. But that had nothing to do with my values. That had to do with my parents saying, hey, the socks, we got in there. We can go to games for cheap. Or, you know, like that had nothing to do with like right or wrong. It was just where we grew up, how we grew up. Yeah, I, I, I could say I'm a Cubs fan, but the only reason I would say I was a Cubs fan because growing up, I was um, obviously a Dodger fan because I grew up in California. But WGN always had the games with LA and Chicago. Yep. So, oh, I mean, just I got to watch them. So I got to under, I used to love watching the Dodgers and the Cubs play. So moving out here, it's like my I know this is so off the topic, but my wife and I were driving out here in the U-Haul, and I told her I said the first thing I want to go see is I want to go see Wrigley Stadium. We have to go to Wrigley. It's Wrigley we did. Field. Wrigley Field. Yes. So yeah, you're a re- you're a real Cubs fan, I can tell. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, but no, yeah, yeah. you know what I I think. My challenge, you know, every week we try to challenge people to make a difference, to do something. I just want people, let, let's put the challenge out there for people to look at other people's perspectives and, and listen and, and keep respect first and foremost. Yes. It, it's not about being right. It's about just hearing, respecting, and understanding. And if we do those things as, a, as, a, as individuals, as a society, hopefully there's a fix and hopefully and it hopefully it comes sooner than later but if nothing else hopefully we're setting that example for our kids for the for the next generations to do it better than we are just start that small ripple effect with it let's do it so we'll be back in about two weeks but thanks everybody for listening to life's exponential impact have a great night everybody take care everybody thanks so much for listening What we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week, which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it. Done before.